The Well-Tempered Wireless continues now with a, a very special guest. Joining me now is the cellist who is uh, knocking them dead in China as uh, the Detroit Symphony has moved from Japan to China over the weekend. Trey Lee, who has uh, just done two concerts with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. I should mention that we're actually recording this a couple of weeks before Trey went, but I, we've looked into the future as we just heard in our, our symphony report, you were great. You were fantastic. You nailed it. Uh, so welcome to, to our program. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, before we get into the concert itself, you are part of a musical family. Yes. You have uh, relatives who are accomplished musicians. So you went to Harvard and became an economist. How did that happen? Well, um, so when I was little, my mom, she, she was a pianist. She is a pianist still, I guess. And so my two older sisters were, let's say, recruited into the music world first. One is, was a pianist and the other was a violinist. And then eventually I had to join as a cellist, so we had a family trio. But now, it's ironically, back then I was the one who didn't want to be a musician, and now I'm the only one left <laughs> who is still playing. You had to be different, huh? Yeah, I really, I just preferred watching TV. So, <laughs> so what what happened to to change the focus after after uh, getting um, a BA in economics? Yeah, so uh, I wanted, you know, I grew up in New York, and I was born in Hong Kong and grew up in New York, and my school, my high school, was downtown near Wall Street. So for me, every morning I was just on the subway with all these people, bankers going to work. And I thought that was normal and I wanted to make a lot of money. So, <laughs> you know, you put two and two together, you think Harvard economics, Oh, ka-ching. But, um, that wasn't really what it turned out to be, of course. Um, and economics actually has nothing to do with making money. Um, <laughs> as, <laughs> and then I, I actually went to work, during the summers and after college and consulting and banking. But, and this is quite interesting, um, the summer after I graduated from Harvard, during my time at Harvard, I was already having epiphanies about music, especially my senior year, because it was the first time that I didn't practice, didn't play the cello really. I had gone to Juilliard pre-college for seven years every Saturday during high school and middle school, hated it didn't really feel like I learned anything about music. And then at Harvard, I met all these people who just love classical music without even playing an instrument. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's really cool. And then they were so impressed that I used to go to Juilliard. And I thought, that's nothing. But <laughs> that's nothing. eventually I bought a CD player back in the days and um, started listening to music and enjoyed it, surprisingly. And then somehow... By the end of my senior year, I thought, oh, you know, why don't I play a bit? I had played a little bit of chamber music in school horribly because I wasn't practicing and didn't care. And there was a summer program at Kent Blossom with the Cleveland Orchestra. And at the end of this program, you play with the Cleveland Orchestra sitting next to the players mm. and with a major conductor. And guess who that was? Was it, it would tell, oh, not really. <laughs> yes. Mr. Slatkin? Yes, it was. Really? I, you know, I was in such bad shape. I'd actually sent in a really old tape 
from Juilliard from maybe five, ten years earlier. Uh, and I played nothing like that at that point. But in order to get into this program, I just sent it in saying, oh, yeah, I still play like that. And then um, <laughs> somehow at the end of the summer, they picked me to sit in the front stand with the principal of Cleveland Orchestra, cello, and, you know, the whole orchestra. And Mr. Slatkin comes and conducts Tchaikovsky Five. And it was literally a life-changing moment for me because that was the first time at the end of the concert we're all standing on stage in front of thousands of people. I thought, wow, I could see myself doing this for the first time in my life. I thought, I don't care what kind of a job I'll have, but as long as I get to play like, you know, this music, that'll be great. You know, whether I'm teaching an orchestra, playing weddings or just, you know, gigging in the subways Whatever. I don't. Huh. Ca- I didn't care. I just thought this. This is really <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. And um, so after that, I went to my management consulting job, and for a year. But during the whole time, I was absolutely miserable, and I was awful at my job. And <laughs> I just. And then I thought, yeah, I started practicing on my own, and luckily I bumped into. Well, there was a famous teacher in Boston. I was working in Boston. Um, Larry Lesser, who also went to Harvard and studied mathematics and then became Piatigorsky's assistant, um, and so on and so forth. And I talked to him, I said, look, you know, this is my situation. I'm thinking about coming back. What do you think? And the first thing he said was, you know, it's really, really tough and hard and chances of success is like very low. And so you better be prepared for that. And I thought, okay, I'm still young. You know, this is the time to take a risk if there is ever a time to mm-hmm. do so. And and I figured if I fail at that, I could always go back and find another job. Well, good for you. I mean, there aren't a lot of the economists that get standing ovations, <laughs> at least that, that I've seen. My guest is Trey Lee. He's a cellist. He's playing with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra in China. He's really in China right now, but using the magic of radio, uh, we are recording this a couple of weeks ahead of time, uh, but we we already know that he was fantastic uh, last night uh, at the first concerts in China with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. The piece that you're playing is the Dream of the Red Chamber. Yes, which that's is right. uh, an epic Chinese saga. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's considered one of the greatest works of literature in all of Chinese history. And this is something that every person in China will at least know of, if not having read it. It is quite long. I forget if it's one or two million characters long, the original book. Mm. And it has over 50 main characters. So it's like it, war and peace. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, and then this music came from the 1987 television series that was made back then. And the music itself sort of took on a life of its own, or let's say a career of its own, because it became so popular that the original song uh, by performed by a soprano has been performed over a thousand times in China. For, but for me, um, because of my background, I can't really read Chinese. I grew up overseas. And but I speak the language. When you say you grew up overseas, you, see, you don't mean China. You mean here. Yeah, in New York. And um, but the first time I heard the music, uh, maybe 10, 
12 years ago, I was immediately just really absorbed into it. I thought, wow, this is the most beautiful, not just Chinese music, but really the most, one of the most beautiful tunes I've ever heard. And mm. I went home and asked my mom, I said, oh, what is this? I've never heard of this. She was like, oh, this is one of my best friends from conservatory wrote this. And so she called him up. He's like, hey, huh. you know, my son wants to play your music. He's like, I don't know how to write for cello. It was, and because it was originally for soprano and Chinese instruments. And so he sent me the score and said, do what you want with it. And so, you know, it's really funny, in fact, <laughs> when I think about it, because this tour with Mr. Slatkin, you know, having been such a big influence and he doesn't even know about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, he might now. Yeah. <laughs> and then the music itself, you know, co- Coming from one of my mom's oldest classmates and friends, I actually call him Uncle Wang. <laughs> and um, so it just got rolling that way because he sent me the score and I looked at it and I figured, okay, this is possible. And on the cello, it just sounds perfect because originally it's for soprano. And on the cha- cello, we can s- go pretty high. Mm-hmm. And the quality of the sound just fits so well. So, so you play in, in a higher register for the whole thing? or um, So the it's a very interesting arrangement because at the end, I realized that the original is just so well written. I didn't want to change too much. Hmm. So I needed just to add some, let's say, connecting tissues between the songs um, so that I could string it together into one complete longer work. So there are parts, also a cadenza, that I that's original from me or my co-arranger, but wherever the original song material comes, it's quite high, and there I we really try not to change anything. Well, it's what a story. I mean, the music written by a friend of your mom's <laughs> that uh, you end up going on tour with Bunnard Slatkin, who doesn't know that he's already conducted you, <laughs> and. Uh, and you're playing, uh, well, the orchestra is playing Tchaikovsky too on, on those concerts. Yes, is we, it the fifth? The fourth. I, the fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it's yeah, it's really fate, I guess. Oh you my! Know, the, this was this was meant to happen. Um, pretty exciting, be touring your your ancestral homeland. With, yeah. a, with a great orchestra. Well, also, you know, this work is so iconic in China. The music, because you have to imagine back in 1987. So in the big cities, may, many people had TVs at home already, I think, but not everyone. In the villages and smaller second, third tier cities, people had to gather around the local community centers or, you know, mm. local communist caters home to crowd around a single TV. And this was a major event every week that this show came on. So you can imagine over 900 million people in China over the age of 35, let's say, know this really well. Because back then, this was the only thing to do on a Friday night. You well, know? That's, that's <laughs> interesting. It, it reminds me of stories about when television first came Yes, absolutely. In the United States, and, and whoever had the first TV on the block had people coming over to watch Milton Berle or, right. or whatever else was going on. Uh, my guest is Trey Lee. He's a cellist. He's playing with the Detroit Symphony in China. 
and the concerts that you've got coming up, is there is there one in particular, one place that you're really looking forward to playing? So I actually just, in June, I played in Wuhan and Changsha also, and I did the piano version of this Dream of the Red Chamber Capriccio. And you played piano? No, with piano, oh, cello and piano. Yeah, yeah. So there are two versions of it. And um, the audience reaction was already, I, I had never seen anything like it in China. They were screaming like a rock concert and spontaneous standing ovation. <laughs> so I, I think but really like, it's because of the music. It's so iconic and for, it's so ingrained in everyone's childhood memories. It's just like last night when they yes, stood for Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, I mean, every city is so, it, it is quite interesting because of the way they have developed. I know the concert hall in Shanghai very well. I've played there many times. So, and Shanghai is a fabulous city. It's you know it's this major financial capital, but also Wuhan, the concert hall. If you have a chance to look it up, it is so much gold around. My pianist, when she walked on stage, she says, "I excuse me, I need to get my sunglasses." And <laughs> um, and there's this giant disc on top that looks like the mothership from you know the Independence Day movie. <laughs> yeah. All, all covered in gold. And then Changsha was really special also because my dad went to college there. And so, you know, tons of his co college um, classmates came to the concert. And yeah, so it's interesting. And Chongqing is, I've never been there before. And it's now maybe the largest municipality in the world with over 36 million people. Good gravy. In incredible, these places. Yeah. Well, good for you. And and good for us to have you along with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. It's very exciting. Trey Lee with the DSO. If you happen to be in China this week, go check him out. <laughs> thank uh, you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. My pleasure.